welcome to your typical Shona protagonist. He's Kai. I'm Kalos. And this week we're talking about Monogatari, the second season. Both of us are on our last legs. So we're fucking tired. Uh, first off, Kai, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. How about, how about you? How are you? Brother man, I'm, I'm barely hanging on. Uh, between all the stuff we got going on and watching this 26 episode season, um, yeah, I'm I'm rough, but certainly the season wasn't. I was I was glad to get to back to a, a, a Monogatari season that started to tell some plot progression story, and it wasn't just all fan service. Uh, so certainly worth the time invested, but boy howdy, am I tired? No, I I feel that. Um. Yeah, this is um, Monogatari second series, uh, season second series? second season. Yeah, I yeah, think it's like Monogatari series season second second season. Yeah, it's something entirely different from everything else they've done. Like, yes, what the fuck Monogatari. Yeah, it's the sequel to Nisei Monogatari. So we're like out here, um, finally having the direct sequel to that. But it truly feels like a sequel to the OG. Um, Monogatari series. So, in first of all, this series is definitely one that I can understand giving um, the Monogatari, the Monogatari series its like prominence that it has in the anime community. It's like, oh, each one is a banger. This is one of the best series. Like something that puts Studio Shaft like on the map. This is encompassed all by this series. I feel like this is definitely. One of those where it's like, hey, you know, we have, we've done it. We're in here. We see what the hype is truly about. Like, let's go. It's not just wow factor with the fan service or like, it's not like a wow factor. It's more of a like, okay, this is good thought provoking factor. Like, here we go. We made it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I was excited that we get back to the kind of heart of where Monogatari is really successful. In the same vein that we see uh, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bonnie Girl Senpai be successful, Monogatari really lives in the exact same format as that. The only thing that really separates the two is the sheer amount of fan service. And to, to kind of have fan service as a portion but not the entire plot it really felt good to get back to something like that uh, as we see here with monogatari second season um and we get more stories about each of these girls that are in our quote-unquote harem yeah and the cool thing about this one is this is the first instance where we see this per the perspectives from the girls in our harem and they all narrate their own story, which I feel like is another level of like consciousness because before we are kind of saying things as Agaragi or Aragi, Araragagi. I'm trying to pronounce it how you wrote it and it's messing me up, but Aragi. You flubbed, you flubbed it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we see how Koyomi, um, interprets everything because the past has been in his narration but this season we're seeing things from the girls like Tsubasa um Shinji Gohara 
um, little backpack girl with twin tails, Shinobu, they're all narrating the story themselves. So this is how they're singing the true um, way of it truly being their story. And I was like, okay, that's very interesting. And also, it kind of gives controls to each character. So it truly feels like each character's story with like their own intro and like their own OP and ED happening every like four to five episodes or or however much we change um, arcs. So that was really nice, and that was a good touch to see that, okay, the story is taking a turn point. Like, the girls are taking control. Like, Koyomi is losing. Well, he's not losing, but this is finally a true view of how things are instead of just his point of view. So, okay, I can rock with that. And, of course, the first point of view we get is, you know, Subasa's story, which is, it almost feels like Subasa is the main girl, even though... There's no main girl. Everybody is a main girl. Arguably, it's really Sengjuguhara who's the main girl. But Subasa definitely, you know, she's starting off his arc. She just had her own stuff in Neko Monogatari Black uh, or Kuro. So it feels like this is slowly becoming her thing. But, you know, and I think she touched in everybody's arc, I believe. She was in everybody's arc except Shinobu's. Because Shinobu's took place in a weird time. But, like, as far as the other girls, I think Subasa was in all their stories. Did you notice that? Well, I mean, even even with, like, not necessarily in this series, uh, in this season, but certainly in the overlap of uh, Shinobu, uh, Hanakawa exists in that story because Shinobu's the one that initially takes her out of the cat form but yeah. certainly here this is like shinobu's story is primarily like a backstory which is kind of exciting um and we don't get a lot about hanakawa primarily probably because she gets her own spinoff previously uh with neko Madagatari kuro uh but certainly like leaving room for each of these characters to have their own stories and to elaborate is certainly one of the exciting portions of Monogatari second season. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's just get into it. So we got Subasa's story, um, which is the first story of the tiger, um, Subasa tiger. And it starts off with kind of like her house burning down. And we see a more in-depth, like she's narrating the story. It's from her point of view. All the stuff we know prior that she doesn't have her own place in her own house. Arguably, she doesn't have a bedroom or something like that. That is what we are told in Neko Monogatari. So we see all this unfold, um, her house burning down. And she's kind of just like, she's not like all right with it. Like, yeah, house burned down, gang, gang. But she's sort of just like, oh, well, that's unfortunate. You know, like she's not really phased. And... We kind of see that she is like really broken when we get in depth look at her this time around. It's like, all right, um, you know, this is something that a normal person should feel a certain way about. But no, it's just I'm, you know, she doesn't really let anything phase her, and normally that'd be a good thing. But she just keeps everything so, I guess, on the surface bottled in maybe not even bottled in because she doesn't even like let it 
affect her in a way deep inside, I guess I would say. Um, but yeah, so she doesn't really feel any type of way. And of course, her house is burnt down. So she is like, I don't know what to do. And we see her talk with um, Aragi. And Aragi, this is when we first meet Aragi's mom, too, which I thought was interesting. Man, yeah. No, totally. Uh, like, she has no emotion either way. She just takes things as she comes. And to find out about the Araragi parents, it's like, oh, so y'all actually do exist. Yeah. And y'all are cops? They're the fuzz. <laughs> of course. This is, And that explains where all their children get this, like, hero of justice idea from. So, in the grand scheme of things, I guess that makes sense. So Sure. You know, yeah, so sure. I had to come from you somewhere. Know. So she's like, I give permission for um, Singohara to use this place as shelter. Um, yeah, so, but of course that doesn't happen because, you know, is like, nah, not with my boyfriend because, you know, she's not jealous, but she also will cut you with a box cutter, which I was hyped that we didn't see a lot of box cutter threats. <laughs> In this one, shout out to her growth as not being a assaulter or an abusive. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we saw one stapler threat, but that was at the end of the season. and It was justified. Yeah. But but certainly uh, Sindra Gahar um, Hanakawa doesn't have a place to live now that her house is burned down. There's a whole relationship like the red herring is her relationship with her parents. Yeah. The root of the matter comes down to her unrequited feelings about Araragi and Senju Gohara, you know, they, they, she puts her up for a couple of days until her father comes home. And we get that one singular fan service ep, uh, episode of the season of Senju Gohara, uh, going on a shower adventure with Hanakawa. Yeah. And them sleeping in the same bed, but then it turns around. Okay. Pops is home. You can't live here. Go stay at the Araragi house. Yeah. Which is like, really, that's what you're going to do, Hanakawa like? Yeah, which is like sad because, you know, we see that their friendship had come into a little way. You know, she made her dinner or breakfast and she was like, yo, someone cares about you. You should have like your own life and everything. Um, And, you know, we're going to like be frenemies over Aragi, which I'm like, is it? Is it really worth it? He's trash, but sure. Um, but yeah, so all this is stuff that happens that forces Subasa Hanakawa to deal with her problem at hand, which is facing. So all of her issues that she carried buried down kind of creates this fire tiger, which is like an arsonist. This just sets everything on fire because apparently that's what tigers do in the culture of Japan. They are fire tigers. And um, Subasa's um, Neko has evolved through the story from being just like a cat to being a full-blown tiger. And this is interesting because you see that Subasa has to channel like herself and Black Hanakawa um, to kind of deal with this threat. And I think that says a lot from where she was because Black Hanakawa is also her as well. And this is like 
it felt weird at first because I was trying to understand it. And I was like, it's just like she's using her demons to fight her demons. But aren't they all just her demons? But then you kind of realize that the black Hanakawa, I feel like, is supposed to be okay. Like, those are things, that's how you're supposed, maybe not to the extent of, you know, murder. Well, definitely not the extent of murder and all that stuff that black Hanakawa was doing. But, you know, that is a person of how you feel. Like, it's okay to be flawed. It's okay to feel like this. So finding that balance to go and fight the tiger that's like rampaging that is the aberrationist that has been feeding off of Hanakawa, I thought that was kind of cool. No, certainly. Seeing her come to like a character arc come to grips with uh, Black Hanakawa uh, was certainly interesting. And see that implemented in a way that is different from how it was initially presented to us in like Bakemonogatari and the origin story with uh, Nekomonogatari Black. Uh, it's certainly interesting to see the, the turn and situation where we have this tiger that is also a representation of Subasa's peril. But like the resolution of it all comes down to Hanakawa coming to grips and like accepting into herself her own emotions, where both the Black Hanakawa and the Tiger are both representations of the same kind of emotion, yes. or her her lack of accepting of her own emotions and, and emotions that are representing two different things, and her ha- you know certainly having her demons fight her demons, but also like coming to grips with the same resolution for both of them. And when she wrote that uh, letter to Black Hanakawa and Black Hanakawa scribbled on the uh, on the paper, I'm home. I was like, oh, shit, man. Got me, man. Yeah. Black Hanakawa is by far best girl. Like, I don't know if that makes Tsubasa best girl as well, but I know that Black Hanakawa is definitely undefeated best girl. And um, yeah, like. What can I say? There's no if, ands, or buts with that one because she is who she is. And even with short hair, I still rock with her. But certainly the black, the uh, Subasa tiger arc ends with her accepting the tiger back into herself, causing her hair to go black and white. And then her accepting the fact that I have to confess my feelings to Araragi and have them be denied. Yeah. For us to progress. Which is so sad because Aragi does Aragi does not deserve her in the slightest. Like I mean, granted, he doesn't deserve Sunjigahara <laughs> either, but I mean does he not though? I mean, no. Like, I mean I guess I don't know. Like as far as Sunjigahara, that is like a even the stuff we get into a little bit later, that is a genuine relationship. I will give you. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't like Araragi's whole character, but certainly, like, he is a hero of justice. And, you know, he's not wrong for the relationship that he has. It's just, stop showing me a fucking show that is 98% him groping other women outside of his girlfriend. Yeah. So, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um... 
But yeah, so that is the Shinobu story. Or sorry, not Shinobu, Lord. <laughs> that is the Hanakawa um, Tsubasa story arc that we have going on. And what a strong start to the Monogatari season, a second. Monogatari <laughs> series season second. Worst one to be tired on. Monogatari <laughs> um, so. series second season. Uh, no, I totally agree. What an incredibly strong start to a season. Uh, this is what I want. We've gotten rid of the toothbrush scene. We're now back into plot progression and character development. And what a character to start that on. Yeah. Um, I, I'm excited about it. Now we move. Go ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead. We move on to even more character progression with Mayoi Jiangshin. We're going to go with it. Yes. It's another uh, another Mayoi story. Another Hajikuchi Which, story. I'm not going to lie to you. Did not feel like her story for three of the four episodes. Like, so, go ahead. No, yeah, no, totally. It was the story of time travel with Shinobu and Aragi that just happened to be, we got to see an older Hachikuji, and then turns out, like, she gets to, I don't know, not have, yeah, not have any of the things that happened in this arc actually matter. Yeah, so, um... Basically, yeah, we get um, Mayoi's story, and it's... Well, first of all, we get introduced to Ogi Oshino, who is a gender-fluid character who is very much a mystery, this series. Um, They are just kind of there who quickly... They start up kind of like, I guess, issues, I want to say, for our boy Araragi. Wow. Um, <laughs> they show up issues for this dude. And they're like, hey, you know, do you know about traffic lights? Do you know how magnets work? And he's like, no, I don't know how magnets work. I uh. mean, but they just work, right? And Ogie's like, here's some random trivia. Bye now. And you're kind of like, all right, this was really creepy. This random blacked out eyeball person who is very weird and is going to show up a little bit later. But yeah, so that kind of sets the stage for stuff that's going to happen later and in a different series. So yeah, but um, Aragi starts thinking that, or he gets Mayo's backpack and he's like, I wish I could give this back to her. And Shinobu's like, or he goes into to see Shinobu and she's like, well, there's this shrine that we can get you to go. They can go back in time, basically. So that starts their journey throughout time. And not nah, man, not nah, man. The the dumbass bullshit that starts the journey back in time is him going, "Oh my god, I didn't do any of my summer reading, oh, and yeah, tomorrow yeah. is the start of classes." That's what actually starts this time travel bullshit. And I'm so mad. Oh, yeah. And then he <laughs> misses the first day anyway. So it's like. Which is hilarious. Yeah. Because he gets to go on an adventure and it was worth all the problem. But yeah. Yeah. So this frivolous journey starts for absolutely nothing. Um, as you have reminded me. Yeah. So it's basically 
this journey starts for nothing, but we get to see Shinobu flex, you know, of being like, yo, I can, I know the secrets to time travel. And we got young Shinobu, you know, she's still in, well, not young Shinobu, but she's still in her young body because we found out in Nekomazagari, like, it's all about how Araragi perceives her is how she looks. So she's still young, and they go on this journey to turn back time with the excuse of giving Mayori or Mayoi, Mayoi, however you pronounce her name, pigtail backpack, shadow dead girl, her backpack back, and possibly maybe keep her alive. So they go back to the past to do that. And a bunch of bullcrap happens as time travel does. This was so weird to me. Like, I did not expect time travel to just happen here. Like, I think that caught me off guard. Because I was like, what? Like, there's yeah, nothing that all, had hinted on it before. Yeah, of all the dumb shit that could happen, time travel was not one that I expected. But once we got into it, somehow I wasn't surprised. And somehow I wasn't surprised that none of it mattered. Other than our main character learning like a valuable lesson about being okay with circumstances of life. The real cool part was that we got to see all of his effort not work at all as he intended when he gets back to the quote-unquote real world and see that everyone's been turned into a vampire because of, he, because of the change he made. Shinobu turned everyone into a vampire that then turned into a zombie. And there are very few real people alive, but Hachikuji is one of those people. So we get to see like an older, late teenager Hachikuji alive. And that's kind of exciting. Yeah, no, that was very interesting. I was like, okay, this is what she would be like. And it does make you feel kind of sad because you're like, wow, you would have been a cool person if you had lived. And, you know, we can't exactly change that. And this is the first appearance that we do see older Shinobu. And my God, like, this is the one that people were simping over. And I understand now. I 110% understand. And she was worth the wait. I'm going to say it. We get plenty of older Shinobu later. Yes, we do. Um, But this is the first time we see her, which is kind of cool. You're like, oh, okay. This is what you would look like if... You know, you were supposed to look like what you would look like. But, a whole-ass vampire, not a half-vampire. Yeah. So, we get that, and then we find out that, like you said, everybody is a vampire or undead. And, um, basically, they get saved by Mayoi. Mayo? Yes. They get saved by her. And they're like, yeah, this is how life has to go. Like, I have to, you have to basically undo what you did. You got to go undo the things that you did back there to in return to the present time. So, yeah, they got to go back and they got to stop everything they did. Sadly, that means Mayoi um, has to die because if she wasn't alive, Shinobu would cause all this damage because Aragi wouldn't get bit it's this whole yeah like, it's, it's like the thing. the butterfly effect yeah, butterfly and, and hachikuchi has no idea what's going on in terms of like 
the real role of everybody. She's been given a letter by Oshino, which is exciting that we get like Oshino bullshit in this story arc. Yeah. Um, as if he is communicating from the first dimension. It's exciting. It's weird. And Hajikuji doesn't has like no idea. Uh, but the reality of those, the world is that they have to go back to their real dimension to prevent all of this. And that's exactly what they do. And one of the questions that was raised was like, are you happy being undead? And at the end of this arc, we get that question asked. And it's like, no, I'm not happy being undead, but I'm glad I met you, uh, Araragi. Which plays in later into our Shinobu time arc. Yes. We'll get to that. First, we have to have Nariko. We have to have Sengoku turn into a Medusa and then into a fucking god. Yeah. So that's the thing. Uh, Rengoku is feeling. So we get into the Rengoku story, which is the third story. And we see that she's. Well, Ren, Rengoku dies at the end of the Mugen Train arc. Tragic oh, to say. Lord. Um, <laughs> or Sengoku. My bad. Thank you. <laughs> like Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. My bad. So we get into the Sengoku, the not as cool Rengoku um, story. And, Very real. Uh, yeah. So it's basically her and her feels on a day. And is like, wow. I. So this is like a flash forward or like a. Like, nope, definitely real time. So when, like, I feel like this should know, like, that's one of the issues with all of Monogatari is they play with the timeline. So you yeah. don't really know what the fuck is going on and when. Um, I'm going to say that the Shinobu time arc timeline wise is insignificant. I don't know when this shit happens. But it happens, and it feels like it's later than the Nautica Medusa arc. Okay, because we've already got, like, I don't know. I felt like this should have been right before the um, Shinji Kahara arc, because it feels weird to have the Shinobu stuff happen afterwards, because we're already kind of put in a situation in this one. But, yeah, so, basically... um, Nautico gets overtaken by the snake. And she has a snake-like curse that has been tormenting her, which is... The biggest surprise of all is just her own imagination. Yeah, so she's having, she, like, hallucinations that she did something to um, our boy Araragi. And that causes her to manifest this into reality because we're still dealing with aberrations. Well, I mean, I think it's a whole deal where she is in love with Araragi, but knows good and well he has a girlfriend. And she's so like, well, that's currently of all of the things in this fucking story. And I hate to say it like this, but is that is insignificant. True. In terms of um, Sengoku's feelings, that's not important. Yeah. Like, the, the reality of the situation is that Abaragi 
cannot and will not reciprocate her feelings because he is in a relationship with Sanjo Gahara, right? But instead of dealing with it like um, Hanakawa does, where she presents her feelings, gets turned down, and moves on with her life, Sengoku, in her middle school dumb shit, decides to, I don't know, chase a snake and become a fucking god to then kill them all. I don't know. It's weird yeah. Japanese bullshit, and I I don't have an answer for it. Uh, but, of course, she runs into Ogi Oshino, who is that mystery character you were talking about, um, that really begins her on her path of becoming the snake deity. And of all the things that happened in this arc, I thought the pop-off on her class was wild. But, like, that was the only really cool thing that happened. Yeah. Otherwise, she's all like, I'm going to be a snake. I'm going to find a snake body. I'm going to, like, repent for murdering all of these snakes. And I'm going to eat a piece of paper I found in uh, Koyomi Oni-chan's porn rags. To become the snake deity. Like, what the fuck is going on, man? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, this was this was weird. Um, both of her stories were weird, honestly. The two weirdest ones in this, but you know, she ascends to a snake god um through just pure will. So, you know, we can't say that she didn't do her best in whichever way that she did it. Um and when she's in her snake god form, she kind of just is kind of out of control at this point because her actions are no longer hers. It's like that of the snake gods, I believe. Correct. Well, but but no, everything in this series, if you're going to take like a singular thing away from it, is it's like the god is not influencing anything. Everything is coming from human desires and emotions. Yeah. So like even the resurrection of the snake god came from the initial hallucination and desire of Sengoku. She just happened to turn into a legit snake god due to the circumstances. Yeah. But like at the very beginning, she's the one who thought of all of this shit. And it's all like her desires that make this happen. And the the wild part is like we open this arc with Araragi and Shinobu getting waxed. Yeah. And then we come back to it later in the same situation, and Sengoku's just stabbing both of them until Araragi gets a phone call from Senjo Gahara. And I was like, oh God, yeah. this is exciting. Because we get to stop like the, the gross poking and we get to story plot. And it's just Senjo Gahara being like, hey, please uh, kill is dude. my dude <laughs> is my dude still alive? She's like, barely. And Sengoku is like, great, then there's still time. I want to make a deal. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, she's like, if just, you know, if you kill him, Shinobu will regain her vampire powers, and you can just be okay. No, that's <laughs> not how that works at all. How it goes is she's like, hey, I'm going to tell you a secret, okay? If you kill Araragi first, Shinobu is going to come back as a full-ass vampire and eat you. So clearly, you have to kill 
Shinobu first. But you have to start with me, because if you don't kill me first, I'm going to kill everyone. You, them, everyone. So, yeah, that's how that's going to go. But I would appreciate it if you waited until graduation. And she's like, I don't see why not. What's six months with my conviction to murder? All right, we'll wait till graduation happens. And then we just suddenly put off this entire arc till later. Yep. I mean, like I said, you know, she's like, you got to kill Shinobu first. Then it all worked out. Because... (laughs) Yeah. Yes, sure. Why not? <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> but no, you're right. Like, that part was... Uh, you can feel, still tell, like, uh, Sengoku has that mindset of someone who doesn't exactly know what's going on in their life or how they're feeling because... I mean, yeah, you got the conviction to kill, but, like, six months, and that was just... It's kind of just left there. So, it's like that happens, and then we get this in-between arc, kind of, with Shinobu going back and or us seeing the origin of not even the origin, but us seeing like what Shinobu was doing before she met Aragi. Um and we see the how the blade came about. Uh, what's the name of that sword again? Um The Apparition Killer. Yeah. It's got a very cool Japanese name. Um and that name is something really cool yeah i don't know (laughs) and how (laughs) it yes belonged to someone else before um shinobu like it was actually i believe it was implied that that was going to be used to kill her or try and kill her by i don't know because he had two swords yeah the long one being the apparition killer and the the short one being the apparition restorer, the one that revives apparitions, which is like, who the fuck has that kind of dichotomy? It's clearly a legend from 400 years ago, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So we see that um, this is what she was doing 400 years ago. And when she first visited Japan and she was like a ruler or like a queen God, I believe she was for like, a year in some village they like worshipped her yep she jumped from what what is it uh antarctica yep she jumped from antarctica to somewhere japan blew up a lake caused it to rain and suddenly became a god of that area yeah um but it only lasted for a little while because she's like i'm gonna go like build a castle of my own powers and just be by myself in this great lifestyle well by virtue of her not being a god but a vampire, she draws other apparitions to her. Yeah. And they kind of murder her the in like immediate vicinity around her. Yeah. And that was problematic. Yeah. So, um but that was that was before she met um it was Koro Koro uh Koro Rocky. It's coming back to me. <laughs> it was the blade was the Coco Wawari, Coco Wawari, um, and the Yuma Wawari, basically, which was the oddity killer. Yes. And it was to, you know, of course, do the thing, separate apparitions. And that person came to her because it was like, yeah, you killed the village. And I watched this a fucking week ago and a lot's happened. But 
Yeah, man. Yeah. So- um, the the whole the whole deal is you know this apparition killer had two swords, and in the world where ever like the entire village and every village around the area suddenly vanished, he the apparition killer became so depressed, and then suddenly out of nowhere this entity of darkness comes in and is beginning to consume those that like are opposing the natural order like um ghost girl. like shinobu acting as a god instead of her actually being a vampire yeah like she gets like they both get absorbed and she gets three quarters absorbed and then like runs away, like cuts herself in half and runs away to Antarctica and winds up only with this dude's like arm and wrist and like decides to bring him back as a servant. Yeah. Except he comes back and is like, how dare you? This was your plot all along. And you know, makes a recreation of the the blade. But then he's like, I'm just going to go, I don't know, throw myself into the sun because what else am I going to do? Murder you? I stand no chance. There's nothing worth living for, especially, like, I don't know, saving the universe. I'm just going to go die forever. I mean, yeah, as sometimes, you know, I'd be like that. Not that it should ever be like that, but... When you're a mortal vampire who you hate your master, what other choices do you really have? That's a real question. But it turns out that we move beyond this and we find out that the darkness is still chasing the team. Yes. Except we find out that it's not chasing Shinobu anymore. Now that she's gone back to being a vampire as she's supposed to be. It's chasing it's not, our girl, ghost girl. Yeah, it's chasing... Um, Hanikuchi. It's chasing the girl that had resolved her ghostness but is still existing because she wants to be around Araragi. Yes. So, yeah. And that, that was so sad, man. It was. I'm just like, dang. It's, it's one of those things where you're like, I didn't want to care about Ghost Girl. But then you're like, you didn't want to care about Ghost Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then it's like you got to because it's like so it's basically saying I didn't do anything wrong but I want to be around this dude so the darkness is going to force me to disappear which is interesting because there's something keeping the order and this was one of those things that like answered the question I felt like or not answered the question, just one of the things that like caused the question of hey what what is this like what's happening what's this thing like what is the darkness is it the is it the is it the true villain is this what i like the antithesis of the monogatari series or is it just something to keep order like and is it gonna affect everybody is our girl um hagani why is her name so hard to pronounce for me Hachikuji is our girl Hakuji yep, the first the casualty of the darkness of the harem? Clearly not. By, oh, of the harem. Yeah. Uh, maybe. But equally, she's not even the victim of the darkness. Yeah. Because they resolve this issue 
before the darkness can consume her and right the wrongs of the imbalance of the universe. Um, but certainly I take that as like a natural force that exists to clean up things. Yeah. And hopefully we don't see it again, but who knows, honestly. Um, but in this arc, Hachikuji's like, hey, yo, I realize that I'm the one that's hanging on and I'm lying to myself by saying I don't like need to go be not a ghost anymore. And it it was so it was like weird, cute. Because she had to confess her feelings. I mean, the confessing her feelings was cool and all. It was weird that, like, she kissed Araragi and also had, like, had to have, like, teamwork to get up to him just to do that. That was weird. That was awkward. (laughs) Like, I was just like, oh, okay. But you know what? Of all of the shit we've seen, of all of the shit we've seen, you know what? This is not the worst. Uh, so her moving on as a character, and certainly I know that there are good and well more arcs attached to this character by virtue of the wiki existing. Um, it was nice. It was nice to see like this kind of rounded off because you you knew that this undead ghost person had to go on. Like you can't yeah. just stay here as a ghost unless you can, but I don't think that's how that works. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see what else happens with her, but at least in this arc, I'm glad to see that she like moves beyond and is no longer attached to the real world. Yeah, no, that was nice. That was nice, and um, it was very sad, bittersweet, but X also like very you know very Mewtwo goes to find purpose <laughs> in the world. Um, didn't get a cool like you know speech. I mean, I guess we kind of did, but like we didn't get like that. Yeah, speech. Anyway, so moving on to the final arc in Monogatari series second season. Bingo. Which is the Sengjuhara arc? Question mark? Because. Kind of, sort of. That's how it's angled. It's the Hitaki end. Yeah. Which. I gotta say, as us stopping here was not feasible for me, because I am confused and I have questions. But that is for me to continue with while you live your best life of being higher educated. Anyway. Nah, man, I I totally feel you, (laughs) because, like, I finished episode 26 of the season. Yeah. And then it immediately kicked over to the next, which is apparently in Verve season two. Yeah. Which is like a two-hour movie of the next arc. And I'm like, wait a minute. What? This was all of like 45 minutes ago. We didn't have time for us to watch this both and talk about it. But like, I need to know now. I'm in the same boat. I need answers. <laughs> yeah. So like, I will be continuing. But um, anywho, so this he Hitagi in is the story of Sengoku again, kind of. Um, yeah, it's a combination of the Sengoku problem with Sinjogahara and um, Kaiki coming back together to solve that problem. Yes, Sinjogahara calls Kaiki to deceive um, Sengoku. Sengoku. So that she won't murder 
Cinder Gahara, Araragi, and the vampire. Yeah, Shinobu. Um, so we're back at the um, shrine, which has been a key point this series, um, the Kita Shirabigi shrine. I butchered that, I know. And um, we see that homegirl Sengoku just puffs it up, ready to get her smoke going. You know, she has been still encompassed by the white snake Medusa. Um, and we get a phone. It starts with a phone call to um, Deshugu or Kaiki. And it's Sengoku's like, hey, um, I am Sengoku. This is me like it's an awkward introduction and i want there's someone i want you to see and he's like okay basically i do anything for money but yeah all right what do you want and it's kind of a threat too because singahara doesn't know she's like such a sundere which we can't forget not to be confused with the yandere which we dealt with in our other podcast last week um she's like if you turn off the phone i'll kill you which is symbolistic because at the end he like breaks the phone and you're like, okay. And he actually dies. So. Uh, spoilers for like the next 10 minutes. But yeah, so they have this whole agreement um, of him deceiving um, Sengoku and it takes like a while. I think, what's the time span that this takes again? Like a month or so? Well, the the vendetta takes place over six months. Yeah. The the arc in which he's trying to lie, uh, like Kaiki is involved, yeah. is over the span of quote unquote seventy four days. Yeah, basically, it really only happens over the month of January, and then he makes his play. Yeah, so basically, he's spending January trying to convince Sengoku that um, that she no longer needs to kill. The three people she set out to kill, which is Singahara, Ayaragi, and Shinobu. And yeah, by by virtue of him being a kind of patron of her shrine. Yeah. Like the only person that comes and like celebrates her as a god. He's trying to take advantage of that. Yeah. So he's like, yo, you don't have to do this. And the thing about uh, Shinji Gahara, she's really bad at kind of relaying information. So um, she's just like trying to brute force it. So he basically is like, I need some other help. So he gets help from our resident, you know, know it all slash good girl, Subasa, who's like, yo, this is speculated. This is the reason why um, Sengoku might be feeling the way that she is feeling. And then Kaigi uses that information to kind of paint his story and illustrate it to Sengoku. This is why. Um, you don't need to do this, and, you know, as your devoted follower and all this going on, like, this is why this shouldn't happen. And well, it happens in two parts. One, the deceit, and two, the reality. Yeah. The deceit is, you don't have to, like, can you, can, you will never be able to fulfill your wish of killing them, because they're already dead. And she sees immediately through that deceit, once he, you know, tries to pull it on her. Yeah, she knows he's lying like from the get-go she always knew that he was lying yep at which point he then pulls the reality on her hey and that reality comes from that investigation that engagement with uh with hanakawa 
that engagement with Sinjo Gahara and his own research into her own personal life. Um, and she he finds in her closet that no one's supposed to enter hand-drawn manga. And yeah. he's like, I have seen the secret you don't want anyone to know, not even Araragi, the one you want to love. So I have seen the reality of your life. I know what you want to do. And by being a god, you're keeping yourself from doing it. So... I don't know. Try not being a god and follow your dreams. Yeah, make manga, which I don't understand why that was so much of a secret. But yeah, I mean, it may have to do with the the story plot with uh, Araragi, but certainly, like, that's got to be the singular thing that you're embarrassed about. But also, she's still a middle school child. Yeah, and uh, I don't think I can make sense of of child psychologically yeah psychology so you know what whatever man yeah thanks for thanks for doing your duty for three million yen (laughs) yeah and then the whole we get the whole cat cradle thing as well where he's like i'll show you how to make a cat cradle um and she uses snakes instead of string because she's a snake goddess um but yeah so he basically she's basically like yeah i know you're not like telling the truth and Sengoku kind of just like beats the crap out of him. Like kicks him in the head a lot, which somehow didn't damage him that much, but okay. Um, so yeah, we get that whole exchange. And like you said, he breaks through with her, with the reality of it all, not the lie. It's the truth of, Hey, like, you know, you need to live your dreams for you, not for a Ragi or just to murder someone like live for you basically in the sense of that whole type thing like be true to yourself which is really this is what we see like everybody minus um Shinji Gahara figuring out yeah I don't like really need Aragi or like even if I do like I know that I can't have him I have to live my own life which I thought was interesting because with the exception of Shinji Gahara everybody came to that conclusion more so or less so which just goes to prove that i feel like the harem's over at this point honestly like i don't know i don't know man, what's happening but i hope so out, but i feel like the harem is over minus shinobu I'm, who knows what shinobu's gonna do that's gonna be the biggest issue because that's the that she's now in play mm-hmm. it's gonna be senjo gahara versus shinobu which I'm rooting for Shinobu. Well, no, because he deserves neither of no. them. So. <laughs> Man. But that's really where this arc leaves off on, is um, uh, Sengoku is relieved of her snake goddessness, and then out of nowhere, Kaiki gets murdered by some kid. And that's the end of this arc. It's a cliffhanger kind of like we were left with questions of what's going on, but certainly the future is in question as well. What's going to happen with Araragi and his harem? Uh, hopefully I don't know. I want him to be soundly secure with a single person, but that's just, I'm tired of the harem itself existing and being a problem. Yeah. So we don't know. Um, the next series that's happening is, I believe, after this one. I don't know what it is after this one, honestly. Um, 
I kind of stopped paying attention once we got to this point. But yeah, so the next series after this is, I believe, yeah, I don't know what it is. I'm not looking. So, but it's Hana Monogatari. Oh, Hana Monogatari. Uh, which focuses on, well, it contains the arc of the Suruga Devil. Which we get played into via um, Heike's whole conviction of helping um, Kanbaru. And that's the only thing that drives him to take the former case. Yeah. Is because the connection to Kanbaru. And that's kind of interesting. That's exciting to see that kind of play out. That there is deeper connections between everyone. Uh, you know, our main cast along with our side cast. And I want to know why Kambaru is still important. They kind of play it up, but I want more answers. Certainly, I think that goes on in detail in our next arc of Hanai Monogatari. Uh, but certainly, I don't think we'll be covering it this October. Yes, we will most likely possibly cover it some other time, maybe. Um, I don't know. It depends on... Uh, what we got going on. But if y'all want to see it, you know what to do. Tweet us. Be like, hey, what you want to hear it? Or, you know, message us or comment somewhere. Um, our information is always there. But before we get off this, how did you feel about... So this is it for the Monogatari for us at the moment. Do you feel like it lived up to the hype? How do you feel? Personally, I don't know if I was in tune with the hype of Monogatari. Uh, other than what I had heard from you. Mm -hmm. It was an engaging and interesting series with problems mm -hmm. that I really personally can't overlook. Um, visually, directorially, production-wise, incredibly interesting. Plot-wise, story-wise, presentation of characters, there are real problems that I can't really overlook and move beyond. Like, the volume of lolly shit yeah. is a problem for me. And it's a fun, engaging story outside of that, but equally, there is no outside of that. So, I don't really know how to put this, you know? It's so polarizing, which is interesting to me. Um, As far as, like, I will say this is, I can definitely see why it has the hype that it has. But I can also see why it has the hate that it has. Like some people say that one of Monotagari's biggest feats is that it's overly confusing just for the stake to be overly confusing. And I'm like, I could see that. I could very well see that. Um, I would say for me, because um, I know a big comparison is the Fate universe. I don't know if it's just because Fate, like I have a bias of Fate because I saw it first. I still prefer the Fate series over the Monokadari series, even though I know you shouldn't compare things like this. But, like, it's just, personally, I feel like that is a a better flushed-out story that is can be equally as confusing, but it's really not once you have a clear yeah. basis of where to start. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with that concept. Uh, certainly... In terms of Monogatari, like Monogatari is not particularly confusing. If you are engaged, you have to put your full attention, certainly as an English speaking viewer, you have to put your full attention in comprehending what you were seeing for the entire episode, no matter what. Yeah. 
I feel like this the, was the really timeline. made for just people in Japan, like people fluent Japanese speakers. Totally, it is totally that, and and the timeline does jump around. You are left in a weird state of asking when the fuck is this happening, but they explain it to you as you go beyond that. You have to be comfortable with feeling weird as you progress timeline wise because they will answer your questions yeah so i would definitely say i'm still a proponent of fate and this was is not a 10 for me like some of the things i have watched again i still have to finish the series which i'm going to for my personal sake but it, it was nothing like it was good don't get me wrong like it was even great i would say but it's nothing like it's still not at the caliber that I would consider being a masterpiece. Like, it's definitely, I could see how people regard it as a masterpiece, yes, but for me personally, I do not see it as one. Again, I haven't finished it, so we'll remain biases to the end, and who knows, well, maybe one day you'll see a special podcast just about the Monogatari series. Yeah, man, definitely like A tier, in a world where S tier is best. Yes, a tier is pretty much where I would place this. Yeah. Um, along with all of the problems. But you know what? Yeah, I I agree. Um, of course, we're moving beyond this as we get out of October with all of the stuff on your typical show and protagonist. You can t- catch the show on all your podcatchers. We're talking Spotify, Amazon, podcast, along with Apple, on your typical show protagonist or on Twitter at your TSP. That's U-R-T-S-P. Kai, you got stuff too? Yes, you can find me at Static Dreads with a Z on Twitter. Um, you will see all sorts of things happen in the world, and you will officially see my own icon up there because we made it. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. And we'll catch y'all next week for more Your Typical Shonen Protagonist. Peace.